0: A boy's best friend is his mother. This quote from the fictional character of Norman Bates in Hitchcock's Psycho is creepy enough on its own, but the worst part is that there's a real-life psycho, who was not only obsessed with his mother, but harvested body parts off of corpses to bring her back to life. Today, I'm going to tell you about Ed Gein, the butcher of Plainfield. My name is Laura, I'm here with my two best friends, Colby and Marina, and this is Grim.
1: Everything in my being to be quiet while you just said that because my body was like what? Oh my god! Did you see our faces yes, when I you did. said
2: that he reconstructed his mother? Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. and like
1: uh-huh.
0: I don't, I'm... I really like the word "harvested."
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, that really paints uh-huh. a word picture. It really
0: yeah, paints a word. We'll picture. just get that out of the way now. Just like if things like that bother you, this is not the episode for you. <laughs> this
1: oh, it this may be a bit graphic. It inspired me in oh. the darkest <laughs> way. <laughs> we were talking about cooking, but we yeah. were. <laughs> All right,
0: so episode three. We're here. It's Monday. Murder Monday. In Murder fact. Monday.
2: Or it's Grim Monday. Grim Monday. our producer keeps trying to make it. I like it. Fetch is not going to <laughs> That's happen. That's what I'm saying. Stop trying to make Fetch a thing.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Murder
2: Mondays. Uh, I like it. I like it all.
0: It's good it gets me through the weekend just kidding nobody ever said they were looking forward to monday until they started recording i don't podcast. get the
2: sunday scaries anymore no, seriously I, I get like the monday <laughs> i can't come
1: up with something monday manic,
0: manic monday that's a that's just a song right
1: manic yeah manic right monday. okay unfortunately for our gremlins they don't get it till tuesday <laughs> yeah. so it's like hashtag terrific tuesday mm, terrible 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 tuesday terrific Mm, i think originally
2: yeah terrifically terrible terrifically terrifying terrible (laughs) (laughs) tuesday
0: i can't type all that you know what you have to do in a hashtag you have to spell things correctly like the autocorrect doesn't help you out it's really awful so we'll stick with murder mondays and tbd tbd tuesdays (laughs) (laughs) hashtag
1: tbd tuesdays can we talk about our gremlins though because they're like literally i'm cheering as if they can see us
2: but thank you so much for the interest it's so exciting Yes, thanks everybody for all your support and your love and all your feedback that you've given us. Like, Please, please, please keep it coming. If there's anything you you like, you don't like, anything you want to see on the show, any specific cases, like... Hit us up on Instagram, or you can reach out to our email. Um, Laura will share some of those details later on in the episode, but and we'll post it in the show notes if that helps. Um, But thank you guys, like we are just overwhelmed. Yeah, and you guys
1: have no idea like how nerdy we are. We we literally (laughs) share and talk amongst ourselves about every five-star rating and every like and every comment and every share yep. and every single thing that anybody has said about us ever, we share amongst each <laughs> other and um, it really brightens our days until we can get to record and release the next episode. so um, thank Murder you.
0: Monday.
2: I am Monday. literally looking at the analytics that yes. this website gives us and we have international listeners. <gasps> so shout oh. out to our Vietnam listener. Oh. Good morning Vietnam. Oh, we've been
0: waiting for that. <laughs> we
2: also have a couple canadian listeners that's so Canada, <laughs> okay and we lost those listeners just now <laughs> i'm so sorry please keep listening to us we love
1: you you want we us to talk you.
0: about murder now Yes. Let's talk about murder. <laughs> that was
1: great. I want to hear about harvesting body parts yeah. to recreate a mother.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm ready. Yeah. The, that's today's episode. Um, so today, if you had not figured out, is, um, is a little, well, you may not have figured it out yet because I haven't told you, but uh, we're going, we did the past two episodes kind of more local. So this is going a little more national. Um, and I was surprised that I had never heard of this, or at least these details, given my love of horror movies. So. Um, it should be interesting. So I'm going to start with painting a scene for you. It's paint me a word picture. (laughs) I thought you were going to say paint me like one of your French girls. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Maybe later. All right. So it's Saturday, November 16th in 1957. It's Plainfield, Wisconsin. It's cold and wet as is, uh, typically the case in Wisconsin at this time of year. There's already snow on the ground, um, The locals are used to it, and it's the first day of deer hunting season, so they're all excited, getting ready to go out. Ed Gein is a 51-year-old bachelor. He's eating breakfast, and around 8 a.m., he takes his maroon 1949 Ford sedan into town. He fills up on gas. He goes to the local hardware store, Warden's, where 58-year-old owner Bernice Warden is alone. Bernice had owned Warden's Hardware and Implement Store since her husband had died in 1931 and she took it over. She was well regarded as a business owner, which was pretty cool because this was back in the 50s. So this was not typical of uh, for women to own a business like this. And she was, in fact, the first woman to be honored on the front page of the local newspaper. She spent her free time fishing. Her son, Frank, often helped her in the store. But today, like most of the town, he was out deer hunting. Ed asks for some antifreeze which Bernice gives him. He pays for it. She writes up a receipt and he brings it out to his car. And she's kind of glad to see him go because he is kind of weird. He has a growth on his left eyelid that makes it kind of droopy. He, um, he's constantly asking her out, hanging around, you know. Uh, so he had gone back out to his car to put the antifreeze out there and he comes back in with his twenty two rifle, wanting to trade it for one she had on sale. He asks to see the one on sale. She lets him, then she turns to look out the window. Meanwhile, Bernard Merczynski, who owned the gas station across the street, is watching the world pass by. Because that's what you do in Plainfield, Wisconsin. He had seen Bernice moving about the store that morning around 8.15. Later, closer to 9, he saw the warden's hardware truck leave. He thought he saw the driver as a man. Which would not be that weird. Because they often had Frank, Bernice's son, or other help. Not that weird. Mm-hmm. Driving back to his house, Ed passes an acquaintance who's named Elmo, which I just need to pause. And Aww. it's it's just, you just kind of picture Elmo's deer hunting in his little hat and he's I don't know. That's oh no! I
1: pictured a uh, fuzzy red laughing well, Sesame Street character. You do have kids. So where you go <laughs> Wasn't off. picturing cute little Hunter in a hat. I, I don't picturing. know. I guess because I know he's a hunter anyway.
0: So speaking of him being a hunter, he had been shooting deer on Ed's land uh, that morning, and he knew that Ed gets mad when uh, when people hunt on his land. So after some pondering, he was driving the other way. He's like, "Well, I should probably go talk to Ed." So he turns around, drives to the farm to talk to Ed. And as an aside, he thinks it's kind of weird that Ed was driving so fast because Ed's very, he kind of takes everything really slow. So he's like, oh, that's weird. But he's not thinking too hard about it. He's thinking about deer. So he, Elmo shows up and Ed is taking the snow tires off of his car and putting normal tires on, which it's Wisconsin in November, which is the beginning of winter. So a little strange, but it doesn't, you know, Ed doesn't think, or Elmo doesn't think too much about it. Ed couldn't care less about Elmo. Hunting, no big deal, so Elmo leaves. Later in the day, Ed's neighbor Bill stops by to say his car wouldn't start and he needed a ride to town. Ed, covered in blood, says, Okay. Bill isn't phased by this. You may be. Deer hunting is deer hunting season. Yeah,
1: yeah. You really Mm. tee that up with the hunting. Uh So, like, I -hmm. still think I would be disturbed even if I knew that people were hunting to see Mm -hmm. people
2: covered in blood. But it's fair, but that says no big deal. I'll go wash off. We'll go into town. I feel like it's probably normal for a place like that Mm because I have friends who live in like Minnesota Mm -hmm. and they do a lot of hunting and ice fishing. And there's just a lot of things that they would think is normal that Mm -hmm. we don't really do here. (laughs) We'd probably call
1: 911. Yes. Oh, gosh. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. Not the case here he's
0: just like all right i need a ride to town no big deal wash off bring you in as a thank you they invite him to dinner very nice. nice very nice back in town bernice's son frank returns from deer hunting he stops by bernard's gas station which is where people bring their deer to you know weigh them and all that and the guys stop by and talk about the deer and all that so they're there they're talking about deer um Bernard mentions Real around the water cooler. They measure their deer. Yeah. They so. compare the
1: size of their deer.
2: <laughs> a big <zero> deer.
0: <laughs> so he, you know, having a conversation, and, and Bernard just mentions that he saw the hardware truck leaves. He, I'm guessing he probably was like, "Well, hmm, that's weird. Frank's here, not in the hardware truck." But again, they have hired help. Not not that crazy. But the store had been empty the rest of the day, and the lights had been on. And again, this is nineteen in 1957, so you know it's. I think we don't worry about leaving electricity on as much as people probably did then. Um, so Frank is immediately concerned with this. He, as far as he knew, his mother was going to leave, you know, be in the store all day. Um, so he goes all the way home to get a key and goes over to the store. In the store, he sees the cash, cash register missing. He sees the floor covered in blood including a trail leading to the back door. The hardware truck is gone. He calls the police, looking around while they arrive. And when they get there, uh, Frank says, he's done something to her. And they say, who? And he says, Eddie Gein.
1: Oh, wow. So they called him out right from the start. Mm
0: -hmm. So let me tell you a little bit about Ed before we continue back on that story. So Edward Theodore Gein was born to George and Augusta, in La Crosse Washington Uh, I keep saying Washington it's Wisconsin so if you hear me say Washington at all in this podcast I'm talking about Wisconsin I'm sorry Wisconsin Unless unless you mean Washington I won't in any (laughs) at all nope it's just cheese Wisconsin okay okay so it's this La Crosse Wisconsin (laughs) I almost did it again is kind of like a city it's on the border of um, Wisconsin and Minnesota George Ed's father uh, had a rough childhood. He was orphaned at three years old when his mother and father and his older sister, who left him at home by the way, when he was three. When he was three? Yes. Um, I can assure you that three-year-olds cannot watch themselves. Yeah. Well, that seemed to be the least of his problems because they all drowned when their wagon was caught in a flash flood in the Mississippi River. That was why they left him home because it was crazy out and Wait, they what all kind die. of wagon what year Forting was that the oregon this was trail so, like, that's so, what i'm thinking like, so funny enough so i'm i'm doing so this is why i had a time did they, die, did they die of dysentery <laughs> <laughs> do you know I actually called, cholera <laughs> i always
1: pronounce that
0: dysentery <laughs> until i heard somebody say it out loud <laughs> so anyway
1: wait so what year did they so, drown okay. in their wagon so that
0: was let's see george was born in 1873 so 1870 so that's what's crazy about this oh, like a legit ed, wagon ed is doing all these crimes in 1957 which is like a time which we don't know well obviously but it's like not that far from now. back in
1: the day <laughs> yeah, which was a was wednesday <laughs> any uh, any Dan cook fans out
0: there i hope otherwise that's confusing just us guys that's, yeah. that's all it's just we we'll hold on to that forever um, but it's crazy because he so george and augusta were married in 1899 and they're his parents and he was doing all this in 1957 um, wow. i don't know just in like, a wagon. it just it yeah. seems
1: like there's a disconnect in there it, for me it is. like to follow your timeline and story
0: well and you're also you're also out in the fields of wisconsin so you're you know even so i'll get to it but even the house that they lived in had no uh that ed and his family lived in had no electricity or plumbing so
1: they they were probably using wagons far longer than we in new
2: england where we switched to the model t and guys horseback i'm embarrassed to say that i just now realized you meant a wagon with horses i was thinking like a ford model (gasps) T kind (gasps) of thing actually
1: (laughs) so Actually, that uh,
2: probably would have made I mean, more sense
1: until she said 1870. And then I was like, okay, like the cover I wagon they didn't is actually specify, probably when, right. So
0: it could have been a Subaru. When did
2: cars? <laughs> like when, that, sorry, what was that? When that did was cars? Intentional, yeah, when <laughs> did cars? I don't know. <laughs>
0: okay so so yeah so in in a wagon tbd what you know I, who knows what kind we we, we, we don't digress
1: know. but the moral of the story
0: is they drowned they did. in a wagon okay. yeah uh so he didn't and he ended up going this is again ed's father he ended up going to live with his mother's parents on a nearby farm and it, not a lot of details here but it was not a household of love it was a rough rough time um augusta came from a large family of german ancestry extremely strict um very devoutly lutheran and um augusta had a lot of family she had about i think different reports but about six siblings um so augusta and george met when george was 24 and augusta was 19 and as i said they were married in 1899 um He was George was an abusive alcoholic, um, which is unfortunately was probably pretty common um, from everything I've read. But um, he was weak. Augusta ran the household like she she definitely ran the household, did not respect George at all, um, didn't even seem to love her husband other than to produce children. Um, Which they did. So um, they had Ed's older brother, Henry, a few years after they married in 1902. And then Ed was born on August 27th, uh, 1906, which, again, was like kind of breaking my brain that all this was happening in the 1950s. And then there's things that happened up until like 1984. And it's just... I don't know that broke my brain
1: mm-hmm. that it was that far behind that, that, that the same back. story includes yes. covered wagons yes. and like 19 it's a trip. Yes. murder
0: yeah listen i told you we we're going on an adventure today. we're on a journey yes i realize i don't really need my pen in my hand i'm not sure i'm not taking more notes what do i do with my hands <laughs> yeah. well i realize you're gonna hear it so you know um all right so so george and as i said ed was born august 27th 1906 um And during this time, uh, when the kids were young, George had worked a bunch of odd jobs. So he was a blacksmith. He was selling insurance, carpentry, tannery, um, just odd jobs because he was an alcoholic and was not able to actually hold down a job. Um, In 1909, he opened a meat and grocery shop. um, And interestingly, Ed's earliest memory of his mother was at this shop in the back where he was forbidden to go. And he witnesses his mother gutting a pig. And there's some reports, I have a feeling they're embellished, that he, like, associated that with arousal, but there's really... We'll get into it. There's nothing... That's not That's okay. not the direction this is going, so that's unlikely.
1: But there's still something with his mother and the blood and the pig, and that's his earliest memory. So here's the thing, though. I'm thinking, like, okay, that could really screw up a kid to see something that, like, traumatizing. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of people who grow up on farms mm-hmm. who slaughter chickens and who you know take care of the animals mm-hmm. and and prepare them to eat then they do not turn into serial killers so i think yeah. there still has to be some sort of like predisposition yeah. <clears throat> for it to do something to interesting
0: you, you say that because they do they were on a farm and so it's interesting that that's the memory he calls out versus like seeing it you know a chicken or something like that yeah weird interesting um well, like everything else for poor George, this store failed. Um, and there's lots of, um, I didn't write down all the details, but Augusta just berates him for this. It's like, you're another failure. It's just terrible. And she says, we're moving. So remember, they were on this, uh, the city on the border of Minnesota. They move a little further um, east to Plainfield uh, in 1914, so Ed's eight, and they moved to 195 acre farm, which is huge. I. I was like, oh, I should put in perspective what 195 acres is. It's huge. It's a lot of land, um, very isolated, lots of farmland. Their closest neighbor is a quarter mile away. Um, and there's no
1: one can hear you scream (laughs) quite literally
0: yes (laughs) very isolated and Plainfield itself only has 900 people um the town so um Southington High has more than that so
1: just (laughs) to put that in
0: perspective to be fair I did grow up in a town that had I think at the time I'm sure my dad will be listening to this be like, that's not true um like 1100 people so I had a pretty small town
1: I think Southington High is like 2,000 students my graduating (laughs) class was like 550 so I don't
2: understand how you live in a town that small yeah I yeah, think, and I thought my town was small. It was like ten thousand. The town that I grew up yeah. in. our graduating class was two hundred, and it was a regional high school. <laughs> yeah, ours was also
0: regional. Six towns went, and we had I had a graduating class of like five hundred or six hundred.
2: Yep. Wow. So yeah. almost two hundred acres, which has nothing to do with the size of our graduating class. <laughs> <because> <laughs> if I come back, if I come yeah. back from that, like I grew up on twenty four acres, mm. so it's like that amplified and like uh-huh. I, eight I, times I, eight
0: times as much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're impressed with my math. Math is hard. I know. Math <laughs> but is it's, hard. It's a lot. It's very, And it's also like these are all, there's farmlands and woods. It's very isolated. They're not near quote unquote town either. I mean, town is not much, but they're six miles from that. So it's just, it's very, very isolated. Um, they made no money on this farm. I don't actually know how they kept it. Open at all um, or running, but um, they had done nothing. So this is where I said they have no electricity or plumbing because that was, I think, the norm. I should have done the math, but I mean, the research, but um, that was the norm back in the early 1900s. But they just never, never um, came out of that. Um, I was surprised to read that Ed did go to school. I I assumed this was going to be like he lives all isolated and never leaves, but he did go to school. Um, was a pretty average student, but definitely weird. He's got, remember that droopy eye? Mm-hmm. Can't trust those. <laughs> so um, he loved reading, was an avid reader, uh, didn't have many friends. It, kids will make fun of anything, but particularly uh, a growth on your eye. It's, that's easy to make fun of. Um, he was also really effeminate, very small, very like weak. So he was just picked on. In the rare event that he was able to make a friend, his mother would not have it. She would tell him all the sins. So she was devoutly, like, obsessively religious. Um, and every time he would try to bring a friend home or talk about it, she would talk about how that family was full of sin and forbid him to talk to
2: anybody. So this kid is isolated. I was going to say, she's, yeah. she is intentionally keeping yes. him even more oh, isolated. Yes. So he doesn't really even have a chance to develop any kind of normal social skills. Exactly. Or- and he's got no role model in his father because his father is just, like, existing
0: barely and his brother, I read, is was a little more independent, a little bit, but he was still under the thumb of Augusta, and just she just ran the household. And if you imagine, this is all they knew their whole life. They're not, I mean, aside from going to school, which probably wasn't getting them much, they just don't have much exposure. So everything they knew was Augusta. Henry, the older brother, pushed back against that a bit, but Ed was in love with his mother. He just really... With anything that she said was the word and um, he would follow everything she said I want to feel bad for him but I know how this story ends so I don't uh, you might be surprised so you you will know how the story like you have an idea obviously in my intro but it, you'd be surprised how you feel it's not you might not feel as enraged as some of the, the last ones that we've read through Um, so you know most of his childhood most of Ed's childhood was spent on this farm he's working on the farm he, he did a lot there but um, as I said his father was just becoming a worse and worse alcoholic so he basically was super abusive but when he would uh, you know hit Augusta or anything she would cower and then like just out loud wish for his death so you imagine these kids sitting listening to that it's just a terrible situation but he is not the father is not uh, contributing at all he's not working he's just terrible so he died in 1940 from heart failure and they were just like good good riddance so, like,
1: <laughs> They really. They, Not to they, be grim about it, but goodbye. Yeah. They they were
0: honestly happy, and Ed in particular really wanted to um, spend more time with his mother. So any anyone that's out of the way, the more time he gets his mother to himself, the better. Um, healthy. That's yeah, healthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a boy's best friend is his mother, you know. So um, May sixteenth, nineteen forty five, had uh, Henry and Ed also known as head. Uh, <laughs> you shipped them. Were, were, um, we're adults at this point. So Ed is 39, Henry's 40, which is also kind of weird. Like they just never met anyone. They never left. They, they're they just living kind of as if they were kids um, working on the farm. Augusta's still running the household. Um, but they're out on their field. They were fighting a fire that had started on their marshland, um, which I also thought was interesting because May, I don't know much about Wisconsin, but... Like around here, May is not dry. It's later in the summer that's dry. So um, well, they said fire on their marshland as well. So yeah. it sounds like it would be yeah. an inconsistent right. situation. And so there is some disagreement on how the fire started. Um, so some say it was accidental. Um, some say it was deliberate to like burn up dry grass, which seems very
1: irresponsible to me. Um, I think that's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah, and, yeah I, I think it like it helps. N- give nutrients to the soil to I replant wanna say, fields yeah, and stuff i want to say
2: that's a fact yeah. it feels like a fact <laughs> like we learned if that it's from... not a
1: fact i'm making it up but it's a fact <laughs> now we're soon going to be learning uh, people are going to learn that grim facts are just lies <laughs> some,
2: <laughs> oh gosh, some, just some of them things are things actually up. like <laughs> just
1: devastating
0: facts and then the I would rest say are most
1: i would say most of them are, are yeah. real but
0: yeah so this one we don't know we don't there was a fire they're out fighting it um, Ed, of course, says this is Henry's idea, but um, all the newspapers that report on this say it was Ed. Who knows? Either way, Ed says, however it started, there was a strong wind and the fire got out of control. He lost sight of his brother and ended up running for help, which also seemed weird to me because I'm trying to picture this on this 195-acre farm. You're who knows what? You could be right near the road, but you're... They don't have electricity or plumbing. I presume they didn't have a phone, although you can run a phone, right, without electricity. I don't know. I'm guessing they didn't have a phone. You're laughing, but I think you can. I think, I think one of yeah, like no, the old school ones yeah. that are
1: plugged into the wires, yeah, which just, can, but it just It so, yeah. just broke my brain, like, <laughs> picturing a telephone wire being run across, like, 190 acres of land. Well, I didn't mean they brought it out to the marshland. <laughs> no, land. Hey, no
2: just, my brain, my
0: brain broke. So, but, I, but trying to think about this, I'm like, all right, well, they're not near anybody. Maybe they ran to the neighbors, but... He went to then, get a bucket of water. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Lassie, go <laughs> tell the neighbors. But then they had to go somehow tell the firefighters who... Presumably were in town. I don't know. It just seems weird, but seems like a lot of work. Yeah. So regardless, um, I I just would have thought it would have burnt down the whole like the whole (laughs) land. I don't know, but either way, when Ed finally did bring help, the weird thing was he brought them straight to Henry's body. So he had lost him, and then he ran for help, and then they bring him. He brings help back, and he brings him straight to Henry's body, who had clothes that weren't burnt, who had a body that wasn't burnt and who had some weird bruises on his head.
1: Okay. Cuz I was initially mm-hmm. thinking maybe he brought them to where he last saw Henry when he lost sight of him and maybe that's exactly where he landed. It's possible. But if but if he's not burnt, I mean Yeah. So they
0: do investigate the coroner investigates but determines that the cause of death was asphy- asphyxiation. So asphyxiation so, like from strangling or they like didn't smoke, inhalation? No, just just smoke, smoke inhalation. No, I think smoke inhalation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, because he said it was not foul play. So I assume it's not strangling. Even though none of his okay. clothes were
2: damaged at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, his body. I mean,
0: this is also like in the middle of nowhere. I think, you know, this family is very isolated. It's not like people were like best friends with Henry. What happened to Henry? I, I think it just was an unfortunate, like people didn't care. Um, weren't going to look too far into it. You know, Augusta wasn't saying anything. Ed wasn't saying anything. So I think they kind of just let it go. I, I mean, it was definitely said that it was a little
1: weird, but they let it go with that they wanted to get back to measuring their deer in front of the <laughs> yeah. gas station yeah. so seriously i think it was
0: just kind of like it Kate happened closed. it happened
1: um so
0: at this point so now it's just augusta and ed and they're oh that's creepy they're match made they in are heaven. just pigs and shit like they are thrilled with each other they're it's just they're spending all their time together but Um, shortly after unclear exactly when, um, but I think later that year, or early the next year, which is 1945, Augusta has a stroke. Um, she does survive and Ed nurses her. Like he, he is at her bedside. He's reading her all these Psalms and all sorts of things and just very much taking care of her. Um, but she, in the winter of 1945 has a second stroke, um, and dies on December 29th. So this, as you can imagine, is traumatic for Ed. However, he didn't change much. So from the outside perspective. So again, he's super isolated. He was working kind of as a handyman. Um, that was how he got money and he, you know, he doesn't do anything. He sells all the animals. He doesn't want anything to do with the farm, um, farming and, um, just does some handiwork, but, pretty much just continues to keep to himself and, um, still weird and still kind of like, he always, they say he will post the pictures on the Instagram, but he, um, like would always have this like half grin kind of not smirk, oh. but just like, you know, combined with the eye. I, I don't know. He's just, but that's who he was. And he didn't, that continued. Um, so like I said, he, he stopped taking care of the house, you know, didn't take care of the lawn, anything, let it overgrow, but. Um, by the early 1950s, he had spent more and more time at home and the closest thing he had to a a friend was actually his teenage neighbor. So this is 19, um, like in the fifties. So he's, you know, around 50 years old. Um, and he, his best friend is a teenage guy. Um, it's not that kind of creepy. It's like, you think about, he just never developed. I was going to say it's like stunted emotional kind of friendship. Like he was on
2: the level of a 15 year old.
0: And again, friend loosely, like he was not spending a bunch of time. It's just like he would do, you know, that, that family would hire him for handiwork and, Mm -hmm. um, and all that. Um, other than that, he would occasionally go into town to, uh, Mary Hogan's tavern. Um, but not because he drank because mother would not like that. Um, but, (laughs) Mary reminded him of his mother, and that gave him some comfort. Uh, unfortunately, this would have to come to an end when Mary mysteriously disappears on December 8th, 1954. Oh, does she now? Yep. Wonder very where she little, turns up. Yeah, very little is known about Mary's death. Uh, the story goes that a local farmer goes into the tavern, it's quiet and empty, and then he sees a pool of blood um, and, of course, calls the police, and... Um, the police arrive and see a 32 caliber cartridge on the floor next to the blood and there is a streak of blood as if something perhaps a body has been pulled through it to the outside where it stops presumably to be put into a car or some mm-hmm. kind of vehicle um however i mean they really investigated this and they couldn't figure it out her death remained a mystery
1: it does sound like the start of a bad joke, though. A farmer walks into a tavern. Yeah. <laughs> He's pool blood.
2: <laughs> well, it also sounds a little bit like how we opened the episode. So mm. I'm curious mm-hmm. if we're going to circle on that. Mm.
0: Circle back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so so speaking of circling back, let's come back to the night of November 16th, 1957, which is what I told you, started telling you about when Frank Warden and the police are trying to piece together what happened to Bernice's, uh, to Frank's mother, Bernice um, so they're looking around the store. They, the cash register is missing. Um, and Frank finds the receipt for the antifreeze that Bernice sold to Ed. Um, this is enough for them, for the police to say, let's go find Ed and see what's yeah. happening. Um, so they go to the Gein farm, but no one appears to be home, um, which I'm curious how they thought that because the lights are always off if there's no electricity, but you know, they decide nobody's home. Um, so they think the only other place really that he goes is to his neighbors. Um, and that's where they find him. Cause he's having dinner, having brought Bob to town and brought him back. He's having dinner. Um, he was actually going to bring Bob back to town to quote unquote, see the spectacle because someone had told the family about, you know, word had gotten around. Um, so they had heard about Bernice's disappearance. Mm. They assume it's a murder, but at this point they know nothing. Um, and so the police are like, Ed, what did you do today? What's going on? Um, and he talks through the day. Obviously, nothing suspicious comes out of that other than he had gone to the hardware store. And they ask him again. And he tells a slightly different story. And when they're like, that, that's not what he told us. He goes, somebody framed me. And they're <laughs> what? like, framed you for what? <laughs> well, that,
2: that story <laughs> fell apart very quickly. Yeah.
0: Now, he did know about there having been something happened you know something had happened because somebody had come and told them at well they were having dinner but still they're just like yep you're coming with us um, so they take him into custody meanwhile the other police um i don't know how many there are there are others uh and they go to search ed's farm and it's dark at this point it's evening um and ed's house remember has no electricity so they begin with their little flashlights um to enter what they call the summer kitchen i had not heard that phrase it's really like an it's like a shed adjacent to the house. I don't know. I'm assuming it just doesn't have, like, I don't know, insulation or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't research it, but. Um, that so, was deep. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> to uh, get that tattooed. Um, <laughs> so they shine their flashlights all around, um, and they see something hanging from one of the beams. Oh, no. Um, well, it, given it's deer season, they're like, oh. Oh, it's it, the trophy. It's, yeah, you know, it's got to be a deer. Oh, no, it um, is the trophy? And then they notice it has no head and they look more closely and see that it is human.
1: Oh, no. Um,
0: If it's not been graphic already, this is just your warning. If you are not into listening to graphic uh, depictions of body parts and things, maybe skip ahead to like the next episode because
2: <laughs> um, that's basically <laughs> the rest of this i i don't know that you're gonna find comfort in the next episode honestly <laughs> no, knowing no. what that case is gonna oh, be no, you're, so no. so maybe skip to five and six what the, what the yeah next one is. okay <laughs> you're yeah, find yeah out maybe later. just don't listen oh wait no that's bad no us. no keep, keep listening <laughs> to us just turn us down for like five minutes <laughs> okay so
0: um so the police are in with their flashlights and and they see bernice Warden's decapitated body hanging from the rafters oh boy A wooden crossbar has been put through her ankles. Ropes are holding her arms apart and she had been gutted like an animal.
1: This is like the most horrific picture.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, there's a burlap sack nearby. Um, they open this. and No. It's that her is, head. It is. Yeah. No, oh, I
2: thought it was going to be like entrails. Oh, those were uh-huh. in a
0: box, a cardboard box.
1: What's oh. in
2: the box? <laughs>
1: What's in the box?
0: <laughs> wow. So, yep. Um, so understandably, they all just stumble outside and like throw up. their So, so they're, the
1: level of PTSD those officers now oh, have yeah. in that and they're small not, town. They're not even done because who are they going to pass it to? <laughs> That's oh
0: it. Gosh. They do call for reinforcements, uh, okay. understandably. Um, And then they start looking further into the house. Um, This house is a mess. It is. And there's actually a lot of um, pictures of the actual house because uh, we'll talk about it later. But later... um, uh investigators and like reporters were allowed to go in and take pic like go in and take pictures oh which God. I thought, was it like a yeah. house of
1: horrors basically basically actually that's what they called it so oh my gosh yeah. um there reminds so, me of that like french morgue where like people would go that would be like where they would go just for fun and take oh. pictures with bodies yeah what? yeah they would like display the bodies in this morgue and you could just like oh it go they like sold tickets or something yeah anyways no i, dig- I dig no digress way, you but would that not is- you would not be saying
0: full bodies here we'll just start with that um so the house is a mess. It is It, it like think hoarders, right? It, there's like Ugh. stuff piled everywhere and there's, it's very dirty, very dusty, like literally has never been cleaned. Well, and you have dead bodies hanging from your beams. Yep. So like
2: that's, yep. That's yep. very messy. And he's living alone now, right? He is
0: alone. Yep. Yep. So it's just him. It's- and so they go into like the, the regular kitchen and it's just like, there's stuff piled everywhere. There's trash everywhere. There's like gross things. Um, and, Interestingly, like that, it definitely hadn't been maintained. But that's in stark contrast to how it was when Augusta was running the house. Like she under, like everything Tight was neat as a pin, very clean. Um, but there's like dead animals everywhere. It's just
2: disgusting. Oh. The smell in the that worst. house. Oh, I can't. Oh, the smell is probably worse than what I'm experiencing from my dog's butt right now, which is <laughs> foul. I don't know. She's just
1: setting the scene for you. She really is. smell like, a <laughs> <smell-o-vision>, yes. <laughs> she wants to just really color your perception of oh, the story that's co- being told. I'm color. <laughs>
0: well, perhaps you want to get yourself a bowl of soup because um, that's what they saw out on, the, uh, on one of the tables in the kitchen. And they look a little closer and the bowl is um, half of a human skull.
2: Um, like the instead of it being made of like mm-hmm. ceramic,
1: ceramic okay the mm-hmm. bowl things it's mm-hmm. made of skull was, i'm sorry was there actually soup yes. in it oh no yeah. i mean using the whole animal right yeah. if he's an a hunter. hunter i i say
0: that but like did he plug the eye holes i mean like there's <laughs> it's a very
1: shallow bowl <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless it was like the back of the skull oh maybe so they that, did like not the specify which half i don't
0: actually mm. know how they knew it was a skull but i guess i guess you know so, uh, so at this point, they're like, all right, we need electricity. <laughs> like, we need lights. So they get you know, a big generator. They put the lights on. And I think they probably regret that because here are some of the other things that they see. Oh, no.
2: Let's take a sip. <laughs> yeah, let's take a sip.
0: Uh, silverware made from bones. A belt made from nipples.
1: No. What?
0: <laughs> a lampshade made of human skin
1: wait how many nipples it didn't specify
0: a lot a, of lot, nipples. a lot a that's lot of nipples well there's a, two per person so <laughs> <laughs> some,
2: some people may have three See, not me some people yeah may maybe he three. got lucky <laughs> you know wow. um like like all the way i got it. i, I don't know more all it the was way unclear. yeah i think so it could can we I I mean, Googled, said, like, right, yeah. google like does google have images think,
0: of
1: the nipple yeah belt? <laughs> i
0: was also wondering like what instagram's policy is on belt nipples <laughs> like
1: are you allowed to post this i don't know a lot gonna find of pictures out. of a lot of things I so i think we're gonna have to do like the graphic content ahead seriously for, uh, for his photos yeah um, oh there is a picture of the nipple belt and it oh. looks exactly as i imagined in my mind's eye
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can get excited. I'm scarred. Um. Okay. I'm scarred.
1: Holy shit! I just found it. (laughs) Woo! I'm scarred. Yeah. You don't come back from that. No. Well,
0: you know. Imagine the texture of that. Oh my god! Is this
2: the soup bowl? Hold on.
0: Oh, did you find it? Can we
2: figure out which half? Yes. Okay. Okay. Don't know how, guys. It is the front half of the skull.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay. Not not um, holding a lot of soup, I guess. Uh, nope.
2: Okay. But oh, look the silverware too, though. Okay, he's got his little. We're gonna post okay. these on the Instagram because
0: yeah. we're, yes. ex- we're all pretty. We're all pretty excited about we'll these. We'll see if you can find this photos. one. So the next one is a shade pull. So you know the little things you pull. You know, um, yeah. was decorated with a pair of woman's lips okay mm-hmm. Sorry, was um he really is laugh.
1: using he's using the whole oh, body it, though it, was a, yep. it was a hobby it was a hobby
0: um i did tell you he harvested was for he his a hobbies. hunter
1: did you mention if he was a hunter as well i think
0: everyone in that town but i, okay. I don't think they did a lot with hunting but they did have a farm yeah so there I, were a lot kidding, I think with you the know, farming too they yep. probably
1: use all the body parts wow um,
0: so to that end he also had uh, no fewer than four chairs made with human skin um and a box of four human noses just in case you need an extra
2: (laughs) um just couldn't find the right nose like the right ridge and slope he just had to keep going are you you have questions are you
1: gonna tell us how many do they know how many people he killed because i thought it was like maybe just this Mm -hmm. one woman but you cannot make a nipple belt yeah out of the nipples of one woman no you need at least two um
0: thousand (laughs) i will i will get to that part okay Um, so so those are just some of the items. However, many of these items were also clearly meant to be worn. So that included gloves made from a corpse's hands. Um, mm. This one really, for some reason, the words, it just really upset me. Leggings made from human leg skin. <laughs> <laughs> I just, leggings are just sacred to me. Just, oh
1: made God, with so real skin. Yeah. Oh. Is he like... Degloving gloving these people yes. of their skin yes and are, is it like is it sewn or is mm-hmm. it is he just taking it off is he um, like sewing garments yes. from them
0: yes he is um the next one speaking of garments is a vest made from the top part of a woman's body um wearable that's vest. not
1: in season <laughs> that's not in season I don't know, the 90s are that coming back that is not so. on the cover of vogue not this one. <laughs> wow.
0: Um, and then he also had a collection of human face masks, um, which casual. Of course, That's casual. Yeah, a collection of them, um, which of course had no eyes. However, the hair was still attached to the scalp.
1: Oh God! Um, and you know it's all you know that it looks like the crypt keeper, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all like scraggly mm-hmm. and dead. And I will say he took very
0: good care of them, so he did put um, lipstick. Uh, some had lipstick on them and he would oil them uh, so that they would r- retain um their like he would preserve them
2: oh that's that's really um, thoughtful of him and he, it, he tended to his furs he, basically
0: <laughs> he sure, they literally there were some that said he did it he tanned, tanned them just like you would with um, whatever
2: tan animal tan skin
0: stuff. animal skin
1: can yeah. you just picture this dude like walking around his house with like someone else's face on, like a woman's chest uh-huh. as a vest, he's got like the nipple belt. It's <laughs> oh,
0: the hottest accessory. The nipple belt. Oh, like maybe it
1: did go
2: up there. It's like yeah. an empire waist. Yeah.
1: Do you think he's like wearing his A-line. mom's heels? Like you know oh, for shirt, sure. Like, definitely rocking it out. Um Yeah, definitely. So they said
0: that the faces were so well preserved that they were actually identifiable. Um oh. and that is how they identified the face of Mary Hogan, the owner of the tavern that had mysteriously disappeared
1: three years earlier oh mary Um, we knew you were in his house yep Mm -hmm. yep um
0: so while these poor officers which honestly they probably never slept again um in their lives uh well they're discovering in uh, literally a real life horror movie ed was brought about 20 miles away to the town of watoma to be questioned um in washington correct Doesn't that sound like it should be in Washington? Watoma, Washington. Waitoma, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not Wisconsin, to be clear, <laughs> just in case we're confusing anyone. Um, aside from his original story when they first picked him up, he has not talked. Um, it's now Sunday morning, and the local paper comes out, and now people in Plainfield are finding out what happened. They knew, of course, it's a very small town. Everyone knows everyone. So they knew something had happened. But now the details are starting to come out, and everyone is like, Ed Gein, he's like 140 pounds soaking wet. And he's very, like I said, very effeminate, very like, um, you know, meek. They described him as. You're folding
1: over I, yeah. on yourself. Yeah. As you tell I just him. imagine. So I just like a. Small... He needs to shrink down to wear his vest. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might have fit. Well, that's actually interesting. Yeah. Anyway, what size woman? <laughs> yeah. They were. They were slightly bigger. So that actually makes a lot of sense now yeah. that I'm saying that. Um. So they fit. You know, was that what size? Was that like 14? <laughs> or like size so are your skin leggings? Yes. I need at least a 12. Oh, are they you. stretch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. um, uh, I was just going down the path of like not having to shave your legs.
2: <laughs> but you do have just to, one time you have to shave once. your legs yeah. and then you have to shave the skin off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> OK. So some people are just like, I, I don't believe it. But um, not much else happens Sunday. Monday, finally, Ed talks. Um, he says he can only remember going in to get the antifreeze. Um, At the hardware store. And Bernice was talking about deer hunting. But then his next memory is loading her body into the hardware store's truck.
2: Oh, so he's going with I blacked out.
0: Yep. And that's what he says. Yep. Yep. Um, He says he drove the truck a few miles out of town and parks it hidden away, uh, like in pine trees, Um, walks back to town and drives his car to swap the body um, into it from the truck and then. Um, at that point, he took the cash register. They didn't say much about why he did. I suspect, like maybe in a twisted way, he wanted it to seem like a robbery or something. I was wondering, yeah, like yeah, like,
2: yeah. to make he it didn't look like a motive it. for.
0: They said he really didn't want for much except for human skin, but um, <laughs> he, he really, he really didn't. You know, he didn't eat much. He didn't like do anything. He his handyman jobs were enough to like pay he didn't have an electric bill. So he just I mean, didn't you gotta pay much. for all those candles though. Yeah, true. It's gotta be a decent
2: didn't yeah. he
0: didn't did unless he he's burning the fat of humans. No, okay. no. They there was a lot of suspicion because I think that just like was the natural question because he would cook parts of it but not to eat. For it was like to preserve yeah it was like to preserve it. So people were confused about that. Um understandably confused about this entire thing. But no he didn't actually consume anything. Um, and like I said, it also, none of it was sexual. That was not, not the side of things, thankfully. Um, I'm not sure if that makes it much better, but, um, and he says he brought Bernice and he keeps saying it in this like he's definitely not thinking of her as a person it's it the body very um his you know, new impersonal. lamp shade. Ex- exactly yeah. yeah do you say her when you talk about your lamp no oh. so i do when i talk
1: about my purse that's true she's also leather. She she's name. a beaut oh yeah yeah she's <laughs> yeah, leather too. that's true she's not made of human skin that's for any good. listeners we should be
2: very clear about that <laughs> <laughs>
0: that you know of um <laughs> so so yeah he you know he's in a daze and um Uh, when he brings her back to the shed he hangs her up um hangs it up as she as he says um but he just like thinks it's a deer is what he says um because he's in a haze
2: With the way he's talking about her that's what i was thinking so when we were speculating like did he Mm. himself hunt he at least grew up around hunter so if he blacked out Mm -hmm. he just found like a deer Mm -hmm. in his car and went home and treated it like you would Mm -hmm. treat a deer
0: well, also interestingly, he would go around saying to people that he didn't like the sight of blood and that he didn't want to like do any except that he had grown up in a meat and grocery store and then was on a farm where he had to deal with all this and just, mm-hmm. you know, it, none of it really added up. Um, so I don't know. Sure
2: spends a lot of time around blood for someone who doesn't yeah, well, like that's, blood. No, he preserves the skin, so he gets rid of the blood quickly because mm. he doesn't like that it. That is true. And then he preserves. Yeah, so maybe point. it's true. Yeah. So it's like a means to an end. Like you gotta yeah. make a little bit of a mess, but then he's just like, whatever. I don't need this. Now stuff. He has this beautiful lampshade for the exactly. rest of eternity,
0: or a lamp pole, shade pole mm, made out yeah. of lips. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when. I guess I I kind of put this in here to describe. So there was a great book that I did end up reading um, called Deviant. I just want to give it credit um, by Howard Schechter. Um, and it was way more detailed than um, than what I had. He had a lot of like uh, the autopsy, full autopsy reports, a ton of interesting information. Just shout out to that anyway. Um, so he admits to killing Bernice, but we just have all of these body parts in the house. Like how many people, your question earlier, how many people has he murdered? So they ask him about this and he says, well, no one, which is also partially lie because he did murder Mary. Um, but he says, no, I didn't get these
1: from murdering people. And they're like, mm, how
2: do you get okay.
1: He's like, I just stumbled upon these dead bodies on my farm. A big yeah. box
2: of nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Two for one.
1: Um, but so he says,
0: that he got them from the graveyard in town. Oh, no. So Ed admits that starting in 1947, um, which is a couple years after his mother died, he begins going regularly to uh, the local cemetery to dig up bodies. And actually, the police originally didn't believe this because... um, So apparently the ground in wisconsin in this area is really sandy which you would think is like oh that's really easy to dig but that means they usually um they would often put concrete around and like solidify it so it doesn't cave in and everything um and the body parts in ed's house weren't decomposed for the most part they were in decent shape um and so when they asked him about that he said that he knew that they were going to put it in concrete which i guess they don't do the same day And so he would read the obituaries every day. And when someone would die, he would go and that night dig them up when it was all fresh and easy to dig.
1: Um, Was he taking their whole body or just pieces? It depends what he was in the mood for. Oh, Um, okay.
0: So sometimes, so again, the town is still like, I don't know if that's true. And, you know, that's like, they have to figure out, uh, do we need to go figure out if he murdered a bunch of people or is this true? So after a lot of debate, because obviously this was upsetting, the town finally exhumed a couple of graves to see if this is true. Um, The first was Eleanor Adams, who had died in 1951. Her coffin was empty. Oh, boy. So can you imagine? They're like, because again, this is drawn out. They didn't do this all the same day. This is after months of of debate back on this. And they finally go to the graveyard and they're digging it up. Like how creepy that would be to like, I just imagine like... "Eh!" And opening the like, and
2: just well, coffin like, and pre- there's
1: nothing. It's extra creepy if you find something, and it's extra extra creepy to find nothing because yeah. now you know that his story is exactly. true. Exactly.
0: So they did one other one, and that was Mabel Everson, who also died in 1951. And in there, they found a jaw, a section of skull, and part of a leg. And they decided that was enough to confirm Ed's story. um That he—that's where these all came from. Was the Graves. Um, we know where her nipples are. Yeah. We do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And part of legs, like, so I guess she wasn't the leggings. Yeah, she definitely was not yeah. not fit for leggings. Yeah, it just No, no. Um, But so just like us, they were so focused on the atrocities and the just insanity of this story that no one really talked about the motive. No one was really asking why did he do this? Why did he kill Bernice and Mary? And why did he uh, rob the graves? Um, And it was actually one of the many newspaper articles that finally noticed every single one of his victims, either the two that he had killed or that he um, had. gone into the graves all of them resembled his mother they were all in their like late 50s um same dark hair same shape just all very much like his mother
2: That's what I was wondering, like, if you're going to rob graves, like, that's... Yeah, I'm sure you get some sort of a rush from doing that, but it's relatively low risk compared to murdering somebody in broad Mm -hmm. daylight, Mm -hmm. just seems like it'd be a little bit easier to harvest from the graves. Like, was there anything more to why he killed the two specific women that he did? No,
0: it's just that he... Just that they... Well, actually, not entirely. It's It it was opportunity, because there's also not that many people in town. Um, But it's also that um, he remember his mother had been putting in his head that everyone was sinful and all this. And I guess Mary, like she owned a tavern. So she probably swore and like drank beer and, you know, he just, yeah, I, or punishing them, I think was more the Mm. direction. Um, And, you know, it, that's where you don't feel bad for him because it's really messed up, but it's also like he, so he started the grave robbing in 1947, which is 10 years before he actually killed anyone uh, or close to 10 years. Um, And, I think he started with that and then just, I think it escalated, escalated. And, and it, you know, um, so they did question him about this and he says, yep, he was obsessed with his mother, loved his mother and that he kind of simultaneously wanted to recreate her and be her. Cause he, she was just, he idolized her. So oh. that's why he's looking for all these parts. The too. vests and the yes. leggings. Cause he would put them all on and walk like around. himself. And basically. Yep. Um, and again, none of this is sexual. It's just he just wants to be her. Um, I think there's a lot... I didn't go too deep into this, but there was he had a lot of confusion about his sexuality and his gender early on and throughout his life um, for probably a variety of reasons, but I think that all filters into this, too. Society um, was very understanding in yeah. the uh, late 1800s, Seriously. 1900s. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I can imagine no, that went he had a lot well of, for him. Yeah, so it just... he this was his happy place was in his home that he kept um and again he said he kind of started innocently and then ended up um which innocently in quotes mm-hmm. um he was not remorseful when they were talking about this but he also they said he didn't it didn't seem like he really understood the gravity of what he was talking about he just was very factual and like he wasn't you know a quote-unquote typical serial killer he just wanted to recreate his mother and they weren't
2: using their body parts Who that's kind of how he thought
0: <laughs> yeah um so, so he's describing that he would as i said put all these um items on and that it was during this description that he said he was actually hungry um and so he asked for an apple pie Piece of apple pie with a slice of cheddar on it. Um, and that makes him a psychopath, in my opinion. I'm
1: um,
2: literally going to say the
0: same mm-hmm. thing. Wait, Why? isn't
1: that a Wisconsin thing, though? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh,
0: is it? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a Wisconsin thing. It is thing.
0: a Washington thing.
2: Yeah, Washington Wisconsin. <laughs> well, apples come from Washington. There you go. Oh. There you go. I don't know. In my head, they do. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Grim fact, apples come from Washington, guys. So, so we
1: live in the Northeast, if you couldn't tell.
2: <laughs> That's all we know. Which, um, actually, a
1: bunch of apples come from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't our apples. We live so. in Apple Valley. We do live in
0: Apple mm-hmm.
2: Valley.
1: So there you go.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so so I said he's a psychopath. Now, the question is, do does the law find him insane too? So um, he finally had his hearing um, and at his preliminary hearing um, that was just a few days after he had finally confessed, Ed enters a plea. Um, It's super quick. The judge reads the charge and Ed enters the plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. Goes back um, to wait for his arraignment. He comes for his arraignment and um, he was formally charged for first degree murder and armed robbery, which I, I included the point about the cash register because when I read this, I had skimmed over. I was like, armed robbery. Did I miss something in this? Um, but I think it's because of, they were able to use that um, and had proof, I guess, of the cash register having been stolen.
1: So basically, they're just throwing the book at him because yes. I think the cash register had nothing to do with it. Absolutely but they're like, not. let's yeah. just throw everything that fits mm-hmm. statutorily and hope all of it yep. sticks and he goes to jail forever exactly or an insane asylum because they
0: definitely thought he was insane um,
2: I can't imagine why <laughs> yeah and I, I really hate
0: the phrase guilty by reason of insanity it makes me think of every every horror movie ever and just like really creepy scary people um, but so they, they enter this plea and the, fr- the first charge I think was just for Bernice I'm not sure why they did it separately but they just did the first-degree murder, murder of Bernice and the armed robbery for this, and then they were going to get to Mary later. Um, but either way, they when he submitted the plea, um, his lawyer recommended that he go for a sanity test before the trial, um, and so the judge agreed and sent him to Central State Hospital for the criminally insane, um, and that was just in the same state, just like 70 miles away, um, to be observed for 30 days. He was there from November 25th to December 22nd, and they determined he was a pseudoneurotic schizophrenic. schizophrenic. Um, and I think, for me at least, I thought when I think of schizophrenia, I think of split personality and all that. But that wasn't really what he did it was much more hallucinations and delusions and that side of
2: things yeah when i think schizophrenia i think of like people seeing the walls bleed and yeah. like people talking yeah to what them. you're thinking of is like dissociative identity yeah. disorder or multiple personality yep. which i think often gets confused with schizophrenia Yep. I actually follow a kid on tiktok who talks about his schizophrenia mm. um hallucinations and he like draws the faces he sees <gasps> i'll have to find what his handle yeah. is because i yeah. was absolutely fascinated that's by super this. interesting.
0: yeah so and i think i think that was a common especially in the 50s they did not understand any of this so um but either way their opinion was that he was legally insane and not competent to stand trial so they recommended that he be committed to the hospital um and the judge had ordered it so um he ordered him determined him insane and recommitted him to the central state hospital for an indeterminate time of commitment which i found interesting i didn't know you could just basically just send him away and say you're insane
1: yep Yeah, which a lot of people think if someone's going to get away with it uh, by reason of insanity, they think, oh, like they got off and now they're going to be in this cushy prison. Mm -hmm. But I know at least in Connecticut, like it is no picnic at all. And... Like only the people who really deserve to be there end up there and you can actually end up there longer than you would even have a yeah. prison sentence yes. if they determine that you're still a threat to yourself or society. Well, so exactly. I mean he he there's no timeline on this, just yeah. until we say so.
0: Right. And they would monitor him monitor him every six months and just he lived there. And I mean, I don't think it was a picnic I don't think it's a picnic now, but I don't think it was a picnic in the fifties. I oh, think no. that it was I think they were doing like Lobotomies, and I'm making. There's, I don't, mov- I there's no lots of movies. Of that, but, there's lots yeah. of
1: movies and shows on that.
0: Yes, yeah, um, which is also what I think of when I think of like not guilty by reason of insanity. I don't know, it creeps me out, it makes me think of all those. You know.
1: actually, that's probably like 1950s is probably mm-hmm. when all of the like state-run asylums and everything were a big thing, and most of mm-hmm. all those places got shut down mm-hmm. because they were overfilled and overrun, and there was neglect and abuse, and yeah. nobody yeah. was getting better. That's for sure. Yeah so uh you know so he's he's there and
0: tbd um so we'll pause on that and i was gonna say is he still alive uh no but okay. it's also he was also born in 1906
1: i mean fair <laughs> <laughs> so
0: <laughs> remember his parents his dad died in the wagon <laughs> Oregon trail mm-hmm. you know um, okay so
1: that would make him uh carry yeah. the two that make him real old <laughs>
0: um so yeah he did not he's not a centurion or whatever that is no
1: no um you sort of forget the time like when you're telling the story i'm so engrossed in the story like i forgot like the main fact that he was born really that's why i wrote my my
0: quick reference timeline (laughs) because
1: it is i did forget and i like to know i like to know like
0: relative to when things happened to what years so similar to other cases we've talked about um now everyone's noticing ed's weird behavior except that ed definitely was really weird to begin with because remember how we said before like oh they like breathe deeply every day and that's why they're a serial killer you know they look back on things and find um reason where there wasn't but ed really he was very weird Mm -hmm. um and (laughs) very obvious so in one case remember our friend elmo um, the same guy who was hunting deer on Ed's land, he was talking to him about Mary, the uh, tavern owner, and said something about Ed, uh, about Mary missing. And apparently Ed said, oh, she's not missing. She's down at the house now. <laughs> uh, and Elmo just didn't think anything of it because Ed was just always saying weird shit. So that's fine. Except he made this joke a lot saying she's at the farm now or I took her in her pickup truck and brought her home.
1: Isn't that so, like, how did uh- that not yep raise alarms enough to be like hey so you know that missing tavern owner so they keep saying that Mm -hmm. he's at but that must have been he
0: must have just been so strange because again just because he was talking to elmo like the people he talked to were not people that he was close friends with everyone thought he was weird he was very isolated so i just think he was unbelievably weird and that's what uh i don't know it's just that's crazy So, um, I thought that was interesting, but overall, given how insane this is, um, it's a media frenzy in this town. Now remember this town is 900 people. It's in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. And it's just, they, the people live there because they want the quiet, they want to be isolated. Um, and honestly it would have been crazy if you heard about a nipple belt today, you would definitely, (laughs) that would definitely be all over the news, but this is the fifties like this kind of thing was not there weren't serial killers there weren't crazy things like this so
1: well plus in the 50s weren't people still like weren't women still like very modest and mm-hmm. you're wearing like dresses and mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah like the Susie Homemaker so was,
0: yeah that's definitely horrific definitely
1: um so they're
0: talking about all this even in, amongst the town because they of course knew that Bernice and Mary had been murdered and they knew that there were all these other body parts but they didn't know how many because at this point um while the the media is just um going crazy they hadn't exhumed the graves yet so they're still like wondering where these body parts came from and i guess before maybe 10 or 20 years before all this happened there were a lot of murders and a lot of bad things that happened in the town that originally everyone thought oh my god it must have been ed but they were like children gone missing missing and men gone missing and it's not really just his not his mo mm-hmm. um so ultimately they had proven that that was not from him but this is just adding to the insanity like they're all saying i don't even know if they would have termed it a serial killer at this point but they're all saying you know um, all these crazy things and and this is catching all the attention of i mean national news as you can imagine and people were quite upset um, at the attention. There were all these um, investigators and uh, reporters there and this kind of all culminated um in in the auction of ed's property and personal belongings to be very clear they were not auctioning any okay. lamps or chairs because that was or, my it was gonna be yeah. how,
2: how much did that nibble <laughs> for? yeah uh
0: it's priceless price
2: oh my i was just gonna say the exact <laughs> same it's yeah. okay guys I'll, I'll settle for the lampshade
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep um so they they did want because i mean i guess i never really thought about this but what what would happen to somebody's things? He had no children. There was no surviving family. Um, so what would happen to all these yeah. things? And I guess they just auctioned auction them. them. Yeah. Um, so the auction was scheduled for Sunday, March 30th in 1958. Um, and I literally wrote, obviously, not including the body parts, um, but did include that. It wasn't
1: obvious because that was my first thought. That's true. OK, I'm glad <laughs> I specified. Well, and it's
0: also they did include the 1949 Ford sedan in which he had moved Bernice's body. it's not evidence like I guess not
1: I guess they were content I I think they get rid of evidence eventually right yeah they
2: give it back to you I don't know I guess to the Mm. estate
1: yeah so he I I don't know Um, but
0: people were were mad because that was Palm Sunday first of all Mm. Um, and they so people were going to be able to look everything over the week before um kind of see what there was um and so flyer went out announcing all this and people were additionally upset when this flyer came out because they were charging 50 cents a person to go look at and like survey all the stuff um before the auction it's like a circus exactly and you know so it ended up that the judge was like "You, you can't do that so they didn't um but people were still really upset but before any of this could actually happen On March 20th at 2.30 in the morning, the closest neighbor um, to the Gein farm saw the, a bunch of flames saw the farm starting to burn by the time, much like, so this is again why I question the Marshland fire, because by the time they actually got everybody there, had notified people, got somebody there to fight the fire, the whole house had burnt down. I mean, that's probably for the best. Mm. Yes. And I also wondered, did they, they were probably like, oh, I guess I'll put my shoe on now. Oh, and, you know, they probably weren't running to go put the fire right. out. Um, and it, interestingly, the fire marshal at the time was Frank Warden, which is Bernice's son. So he was probably like, I think I'll just sit here and nod not go fight this fire Um, yeah
1: well the town yeah and if the town was upset about everything totally that that makes sense
0: um so obviously everyone thought this was a little suspicious um but i guess there was no evidence found and the investigation fizzled out oh darn Hmm. so they kind of just said "Uh, no great loss um and in fact when ed was told all this he just said just as well so which is very strange um Because something else I didn't mention earlier about the house when they found it. So there's the crazy, there's outdoor summer kitchen thing with terrible things. There's his real kitchen with terrible things and his bedroom with also terrible things. But the rest of the house had been boarded up and was maintained exactly, completely untouched from when Augusta died. So he had just only kept these little tiny places to live and
1: the rest of the house was like a museum. Maybe it's because he couldn't dig up enough bodies to decorate the entire house That's with human flesh, true. so he wanted to just focus his efforts on a few That's choice fair.
2: rooms. That's fair. Uh, honestly, I could take a page from his book. Like I try to tackle Which the, ho- page? No, no. Which page the, the home decor, <laughs> the home decor page, um, where he's just very focused on one room at a time. I yeah. tend to go for all the projects at once. So mm. good on you, Ed. Yeah, just we
0: can. Kidding. We can all learn a little. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so. So you would think that would be the end of the auction, everything burned, but it didn't because they had taken everything out to inventory it. So they still had the auction on <laughs> oh. that day, which I just, I, you got to feel bad for the town who just wanted to live their little life. Yeah. They just, you know, and then this terrible thing happens. They get all this attention and then they still have to deal with all of this. 2,000 people showed up to this auction. Remember, the town has 900 people. Um, I, I would have gone. Well, so I think and that's how most I people felt.
1: I would have bought something.
0: Yeah. Um, what's, it's interesting that you were could buy anything, but I mean, most of the people, honestly, that ended up buying stuff were buying it to scrap it. So they bought like the iron stove and like a plow and things like that. Um, the land was sold to a developer for only $3,800, which in today's dollars is like 40K, which I thought 195 acres, I guess it's in the middle of nowhere, but-
2: Still feels like a bargain. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it does sound like a bargain, but again, that's Wisconsin. Like, mm, we don't have open spaces in true. Connecticut. They develop on <laughs> a two by two inch piece of land. Exactly. So.
0: Can you imagine what 195 acres would go for now? No. Um, there was, however, a bidding war on the 1949 Maroon Ford, um, which had carried Bernice, Bernice's body. It ended up being sold for $760, or about $8,000 now, to a, sh- a sideshow exhibitor um, who mm-hmm. put, get this, bloodied wax figures in it to like recreate it and of course would charge people. It ended up, he would do it kind of semi-locally in like county fairs. It ended up being they just, the, the fairs wouldn't let him show it and he ended up, I think like scrapping it, but really awful and um anyway
1: i think it's kind of fascinating is that i guess that's sort of why i have enjoyed this podcast i was gonna say that's like, why we're here
2: <laughs> yeah but yeah. i also needed to look up how much that land would go for today so i found a listing for 172 acres in tiggeron tigerton tiggerton mm. i don't know somewhere in wisconsin and it is 1.25 million dollars wow. Oh, wow Jeez. but that might yeah. be a fancier part of wisconsin yeah. I don't. I literally see a hunting camera with a deer, okay. <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> okay. I'm in the right neck of the wood. I
0: did spend quite a bit of time on Google Maps, like looking up this space, and it's really creepy. So the house had burned down. They didn't obviously rebuild there, and it's like you can look up exactly what intersection it's on, and it, I don't know. It just gives me the
2: chills to just think about going there and just i don't know it was really creepy to look at i did find some bargains guys i found (laughs) one for under three hundred thousand dollars for 120 acres let's go still still,
1: it was a bargain so definitely because this
2: was only i did it in today's dollars only
0: 40k so like that's you know that's a lot um so you had mentioned earlier about um, some of the uh, asylums and and hospitals not being great, but Ed was actually enjoying his time. Of course he was. (laughs) Well, because so it also kind of makes sense because he had now electricity and plumbing and just kind of lived his day reading and modern luxury. Yep. And people, the townspeople were actually kind of upset about that too, because they're like, he's like living, living in luxury versus his little hoarder's house here. And um, it, but anyway, he, he generally, like I said, continued reading and was fine. And the nurses said he was creepy with his, again, with his eye and his half smile. And um, But that you wouldn't actually think he was crazy. Well, it turns out his doctors thought that too. So remember I said they check in with him every six months or so? Oh, in boy. 1968, so 10 years after he had been deemed insane and committed to the hospital, um, they checked in um, and said at this time he was not legally insane. He was clinically insane. So in other words, he could he was fit to stand trial, but that either way, he would end up back in the hospital. So this this upset people too that they were talking about all this because it was kind of like, all right, he's gonna end up in the same spot. It's not solving anything. We already know kind of what happened, but nonetheless, they started the proceedings um, in 1968 in January. There was a lot of back and forth and paperwork and, and um, filibustering that the actual trial didn't start until November of that year. Um, And this one was interesting. It was a split trial, first for the first degree murder of Bernice, and then if he was guilty, they'd hold a second trial to determine if he was sane at the time of the killing. So they first Mm. had to figure out, after monitoring him in the hospital for 10 years, that he was fit to stand trial. And then they had to figure out, was he insane at the time of the killing? Um, So only a week later in um, the same year, so 1968, Ed was found guilty of course, of the first degree murder of Bernice. Um, and then the second phase of the trial was like later that day, another couple hours, where they found him, that he was insane at the time of the murder. So he was therefore not guilty by reason of insanity. So all within the same day, he went from being guilty to not guilty and he ended up back in the hospital. So this is why people are like, why. What a waste of taxpayer yeah, dollars. I mean, come, come on, Wisconsin completely. Resources. I don't know. I really don't know what they gained from it because he had already confessed what he was going to confess. They already were satisfied that he had not killed additional people. They knew. I think I didn't read all the names, but I think they were able to identify everybody that he uh, harvested from. Um, and so I don't I don't really know. Why? Maybe they
1: they thought that he wasn't gonna come up as insane at the time mm, of the crime. That's what I was wondering. They they were gonna
2: try to catch him and like fabricating like the degree to which he was insane or or something like that. Like they wanted to see if his story would change ten years later. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know, but um, but no, back to the hospital he went and um, he did in 1974 try to petition. (laughs) He basically said, "I'm fine. I should be released." That's it. That's all the petition said, and they had to review it. To their credit, they reviewed it, but naturally, it was rejected. He remained in the hospital.
1: That's that's often how thoughtful uh-huh. inmate writings are. Mm-hmm. I'm innocent. Yeah, please let me out. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, okay, thanks. Bye. And uh, but in
0: 1978, so you had mentioned a lot of these places were turned into correctional facilities. So that is what happened to Central State. Um, and so at uh, was sent to Mendota Mental Health Institute in Madison. Um, and it was there that he died at the age of 78 from lung cancer. So a little bit of karma there, um, on July 26, 1984. Um, and I did write here, it's crazy that he had parents that married in 1899. Cause I just, 1984, is not that long ago. Um, no. right? right. But it is now. Guys. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah and then uh he was buried next to his mother in the same plainfield cemetery that he had stolen from 30 years before and bernice was buried 50 yards from that so it's all, all somebody comes should back have to plainfield.
2: somebody should have dug up his body take it, it? Yes. i was honestly <laughs> just thinking that like is, can we go get his
1: lips well, Let's you want get to talk about karma i mean that would be
0: no but they did actually have a trouble a lot of trouble with people because this was so sensational even you know We'll talk about pop culture in a second but it was so sensational that people would come and chip off pieces of his headstone and eventually somebody stole it so they just there isn't one um and um there was actually a show one of the shows i watched in preparation for this not realizing even though the name of it was um paranormal but they went and like were, there's a lot of belief that everything was haunted even when ed was young um probably because it was such a creepy house and then once he um was a little older and like keeping body parts they all thought it was haunted um but yeah so they were the people would steal the headstone and all that um but this did draw a whole lot of attention one of the people was robert block who had written the fictional horror book yours truly jack the ripper he came to Plainfield to learn more and eventually wrote Hitchcock's Psycho. And that yeah. was based, Norman Bates, so the quote I started this podcast, this episode with, um, was based on, on Ed. Um, and in fact, the three personalities of Norman Bates were, were from the fact that the, the newspapers called Ed split personality. So they thought, like I did, and that was a rumor that had gone out, and that's why yeah. um, Norman Bates has the three personalities in Psycho. Um, in reality, Ed was suffering from the hallucinations and delusions. Um, Psycho, as you may know, is uh, often regarded as the blueprint for a horror movie with a psychotic killer. Um, and indeed, uh, Toby Hooper, who had heard as a child about Ed Gein, he used those stories to create the 1974 movie, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, that's a ima- that's immediately what I pictured yep. with the faces exactly. made out of skin is like that horrifying face. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this is a fun fact about me. This is a grim fact about me. (laughs) I could win an Olympic race if you put a man with a chainsaw behind (laughs) me. Something about the revving of a Uh chainsaw. Like, I could be on a casual walk and someone goes to trim their hedges and I'm, like, I nope the fuck out of there. Like, I was in a, a haunted house once and they opened the door and the guy had a chainsaw. I took my friend shoved her into him <laughs> and took off running like a majestic gazelle the guy with the chainsaw chased after me i was laughing so hard i thought i was gonna fall and break did, my did you teeth get <laughs> no but my friend had completely emptied her bladder on her pants because she got scared when i pushed her into him so
2: we drove home with uh, her oh. sitting on a garbage bag in my oh. car but that's I, the chainsaw. I was not that friend that time. But no. I that's have funny. been to haunted places with you. And I can confirm that mm-hmm. this is what happens. Mm-hmm. I always I also go in front. Mount, yes, I mount people yes. in haunted houses. I love them. Can't get enough of them. Horrified of them. I'm the worst person for a haunted house because I, I just walk and don't react. I'm like, this yeah. is awesome. Yep. And they're just like, you're no fun by going for Marina.
1: <laughs> yes, I am very Gazelle-like when there's a chainsaw behind me. <laughs> yes. So no
0: chainsaws no around channels. here. No chainsaws. Um, I'm surprised you also didn't think of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh my Lambs. god, I've been thinking of him oh. the yes. whole
2: time. I'm sitting here like it don't say it the puts lotion. the lotion on yeah. its skin. So, don't say it. I was debating which <laughs> quote
0: to start with. And I thought I thought it better. I, I don't know because his because Ed's personality is really like It's the two things. It's his mother obsession, and then it's also the skin obsession. But I thought the mother why out, so that's why I went with that. But um but yes Buffalo of the Silence of the Lambs was also <laughs> oh.
1: so good. It's a good. Fava beans. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Which was also what I wanted to name the podcast. That was one of
1: the one of the iterations
0: of it. um yeah so that was based on on Gene. So I was surprised reading this because I came across this case just looking at like best cases to read, and I couldn't believe because Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite movies, which is why we're doing this podcast. That's casual. Um, that's and normal. I just didn't realize that it was all based on. I mean, obviously, there's plenty that's not true, but based on a real life. Um. I definitely didn't know anything about Ed, um, but yeah, that was that was the story of Ed Gein. And it, it really, it's awful for that town, it's awful obviously for Ed, for the women who were murdered, for the people who were abused after death, like that's just um, all, terrible all around. Um, But that's the case
1: that is Um, quite the story and i just have to say that that could have been you you could have gotten to the end of that and been mm -hmm. like and it was completely made up and i would be like yeah that's that makes sense people like lampshades made out of human flesh yeah how could that be real and they're all
0: like consistent reports So i mentioned earlier like the the those reporters like got to go in the house after so there are pictures again colby found some of them there are pictures of these things they're not just you know folklore it yeah, really we'll put happened some
1: on the instagram but maybe yeah, just maybe google them, them <laughs> yourself just yeah, just and, up, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and don't don't come for us when you look at it and you're no. not you're not pleased with what no you see. <laughs> um i will also say i prepared
0: i knew this was going to be a tough uh, a tough listen um so there was a lot of dark humor that came out of, out of such a famous case. So people, I guess, particularly in like the 60s would make a lot of jokes. Uh, we can determine how many of these we want to keep in, but um, I have to. I'm so excited. <laughs> why did they have to keep the heat on in Ed Gein's house? So the furniture wouldn't get goosebumps? <laughs> okay. <laughs> why, why did they let Ed Gein out of jail on New Year's Eve? So he could dig up a, ga- a date. <laughs> um, Ed Gein's cookie jars has lady fingers in it. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, and his favorite beer is lots of body, but has lots of body, but no head. <laughs> okay. That's it. I'm so happy right.
1: I drank a beer at the this. <laughs> Uh, oh, those man. are great. I think they're all staying in. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. So I so hope you enjoyed episode three a little bit different than the first two. Um, if you did enjoy it and you want to stay up to date on the next ones, make sure you like and subscribe to us. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram at, at Grim Crime Podcast. Um, you can email us if it's really hard, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you can email us if you have case ideas or just want to say hi at Grim Crime Podcast at grimcrimepodcast.gmail.com um, and for whatever your listening pleasure make sure you uh, rate us and you know subscribe and all the things that you do on those platforms that we're <laughs> learning but um, we really appreciate it it's it's a lot of fun for us we hope you're enjoying it too
1: yeah so. and just remember listen learn and stay alive